for a visit to Falcon Recording Studio last time. We're back at the Cafe at Artichoke Music for episode 256 in the endless podcast series, Coffee Shop Conversations. With me is Daryl Grant, composer, pianist, teacher, and central to jazz music in Oregon for decades. He's the associate director of the School of Music at Portland State University, which has fueled the development of our homegrown jazz musicians. But he's here today to talk about a new piece of music called Take Flight, which is also now a music video. Let's hear all about it from Daryl Grant. Professor Daryl Grant. <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> because you are a professor. I am a professor. But it was, it's, it's the traditional title for jazz pianists. <laughs> to be called doctor or Dr. professor. Dr. Professor, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. <laughs> I wish I'd known that and didn't have to go to all the school to get it, to get the title. But <laughs> Well, how you been? Well, I've been um, okay, all things considered i guess that would be the way to to say it we're that's about as good as it gets yeah we've been yeah. we've been fortunate healthy uh my family and myself and um so yeah just keeping keeping busy and trying to you know keep the head above water with all have the you events. continued to teach online uh, I taught online all spring term at did Portland you? State, yeah. and so yeah, we yeah. we immediately moved to remote learning. So I did yeah. uh, ten weeks of that, and huh. uh, that was interesting. <laughs> um, very difficult to uh, teach music, is it, <laughs> online? Well, um, it's difficult because there is almost no way um, to simultaneously play music with yeah. another person yeah. online. Yeah. Um, at least not at any any. Um, uh, not any way that I can afford at this point. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh. So, so that makes it that that's the thing that makes it the most difficult. There are a lot of things. I mean, we've been people have been enormously innovative in trying to figure out how to really keep educating online and I think that's definitely happening. But of all the things that you might be trying to, you know, teach um, an art form that requires people to do something simultaneously uh-huh. while interacting with each other creatively is <laughs> is tough. Well, one of the reasons that you're here today, which today is the fourth, is that on Thursday, you have a, a you're premiering a brand new video. Of course, you know, it depends on when uh, when anybody because somebody might, might be listening to this in December. You know, true, right? right. <laughs> but for now, um, uh, this will go up on Thursday, right? And uh, later that day, what are you, what are we going to see? Well, you want the long story or the short story? Long story. Okay. <laughs> The long story is that uh, it's a song that I wrote called Take Flight. And um, a year ago, I guess it was, my gosh, a year ago in in June, uh, my son uh, graduated from middle school, went into high school. And Mm -hmm. he had been going to the same school with the same teacher um, since kindergarten. He went to a Waldorf school. And so um, his eighth grade teacher, uh, who had been his first and all through eighth grade teacher, Mary Mayor, Mary Elverhoy asked me if I might be interested in writing a song that um, that we parents could sing to the kids when they went through their promotion ceremony. And, uh. you know, I, she asked me actually in the fall of the year. And I was uh-huh. like, uh, okay, yeah, maybe I could do that. And promptly forgot about it. And as things got closer, you know, I was trying to think about it. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not somebody who writes a lot of music for particular occasions. Uh-huh. I mean, I write, you know, lots of songs, but I, I nothing really hit me. And then, I don't know, a couple of weeks before, um, 
just this idea came to me and I sat down and this, this song came out and it's, it's called Take Flight. And it was really all about, um, you know, what it felt like to sort of let our children go, to see them sort of growing up and yet sort of wanting to hold them close, but knowing that we need to, you know, see them move away from us. And uh-huh. so we we did it and it was, I, I thought it served its purpose and it was a nice tune. And and then this um, this spring when all these, when COVID canceled, all these graduations for young people and all these rites of passage were just being, you know, really just tossed to the wayside. I was really feeling for um, the, the young people, especially um, in sort of missing these milestones. And I, I thought of the song again and I thought, well, maybe it could be something that would give people some solace in this time. And uh, so th- that was in early May. And then late May, yeah, <laughs> the world sort of fell apart again um, yeah. with the murder of George Floyd and the nationwide protests and this incredible upheaval. And I was really struck by... Um, the young people also in the sort of face of this, um, how they were going through this enormous loss and then, you know, sort of called upon to lead us, to lead the country in a, in a, in a new way forward. And, Absolutely. And, and this song really sort of seemed appropriate for that. And so I just, I had this idea that I, I was going to call this one of my favorite singers that I've never gotten a chance to work with this great New York singer named Michelle Willis, um, whose records and music I had just loved. And I just Mm -hmm. thought, you know, she's probably sitting home um, because she's not touring. She's not playing. She, you know, she goes out with Becca Stevens and David Crosby and, and her own stuff. And so I just, I had met her a couple of times before and, you know, and, and, um, had interest in, in working with her on a, another project of mine further down the line, but I just called her up. It's like, hey, I got this song. Are you interested in hearing it? And she heard it, and she's like, oh, this is this is great. I'd be happy to to do this to work on this. So uh, from then on, it was like, okay, let's just let's do this. And and the project just it just kind of kept on growing. I I called some of my favorite collaborators, musicians I work with a lot, and everybody was you know stuck in home in Nashville and t- in, in Chicago and LA. And so everybody was like, yeah, we'll record. And, and then, um, you know, sort of as it came together, there was an even larger, uh, I, I got this idea that it would, with all the murals that were going on downtown, I thought we should, you mm-hmm. know, it'd be really great to paint something that represented sort of young people in this sense of hope. And I called a, a collaborator of mine named Alex Chu, who has been working, worked with me in my, in my Sanctuary's opera. He was mm-hmm. doing a lot of the documentation and these sort of visual recordings, painting murals of these community gatherings that we were doing and planning the opera. And I was like, hey, you want to do a mural on this? He's like, this is, yeah, I'd love to do this. But, um, but you know, it'd be even cooler is if we had the community do it. If we just called like young people in and you know, families and just had them come down. I was like, that's awesome. So um, he was painting on the AC Hotel. Uh, downtown the Marriott and now, so uh, are they painting on the hotel itself or on what's boarded up well yeah so the as you as well anyone who's been in downtown Portland in the past three months has seen like you know after the first couple nights of, of riding they boarded up most of the central downtown and so all the windows the f- ground floor windows on the Marriott Hotel had been boarded up and mm-hmm. this mural is actually on the front what would be the front doors um, so it's like 12 foot by 10 foot um, you know plywood and uh so we yeah we all came down and and painted on that and 
did, did he do an outline for them? To yeah. Paint so he sort of drew the, the uh -huh. outline. I and mean, we, so what had happened was I had this idea that I wanted to, you know, since I was going to record the song, I thought it would be nice to have a video to go along with it. And so I mm -hmm. started asking, you know, friends and people leading organizations and, you know, youth sort of development people and parents and everybody send me pictures send me photos of young people doing these emergent things you know mm -hmm. really this idea of you know finding your wings taking flight celebrating their power and their you know sort of joy and mm -hmm. and so i had a whole bunch of pictures people sent me hundreds of pictures and, and i thought oh we'll just do this music video where you know play the song and put the pictures and then uh and so we had all that and one of the pictures that came in um, was this beautiful one that uh, my filmmaker Adolfo Cantu Villarreal saw and thought, "Oh, this is a great, this is a great photo." And Alex saw it and he's like, "This is this is a great mural photo" because yeah. I had sent him the photos. And so he wound up sort of outlining it. Um, he and a partner, uh, Mike Clark, and then sort of almost like a paint by number thing, just yeah. sort of placing yeah. the colors. Yeah. And we all came down and it's about four hours on a on a Saturday. Wow. It was amazing. I mean, literally, yeah. like yeah. we were we started at ten. Who is that person? Who is that person? Yeah. She is a student. Um, she was a student at Bravo um, uh -huh. Youth Orchestras. I actually don't know her name. Huh. Um, her mother loves the painting. She yeah. does not really love it. She doesn't think it looks like her, <laughs> which I can totally understand because, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, having somebody paint something of you, yeah. and especially as a young person, you're going to be a bit more honest than we, you know, adults <laughs> might say that's very nice. She's like, that doesn't look like me. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. It's um, but it really it really struck us the photograph and so um, yeah so she's a she's a, a student at uh, at Bravo Youth Orchestras and that, that was one of the organizations that sent is that a cello that photos. she has it's a cello yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and um, yeah so it's just to me it's amidst I mean I'm I love I love 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 all the murals that are downtown this sort of way we are taking of reimagining our city of representing you know it's like if you're going to tear down the statues then you put up art that represents you know that represents something else something that we aspire to and um and i feel like all these memorials to you know brown taylor and george floyd are really mm -hmm. powerful and I, I i also love that there's this sort of vision down there of this young person who is still with us who is you know sort of represents what all you know all these young people are doing now to sort of move us forward wow yeah that's a that's a wonderful. So that's the long story. <laughs> that's great. That so all this kind of came together in the video. We, um, my filmmaker Adolfo and I, uh, Adolfo um, brought cameras down and uh -huh. he filmed the whole day of us painting this mural and and then took these photographs and combined them into mm -hmm. something that I really feel you know speaks to the song. I I should really call it a film as opposed to a music video because I'm not in it. I'm like we you know the performance. Did I see a shot of you? No, well, oh, not performing. I should say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a mask on, but yes, there is a shot of me. Uh, but yeah, it's not the typical music video where you're sort of watching yeah. people play the song, but it's really yeah. a film that's yeah. inspired by the song. So, yeah, it's great. It's yeah. terrific. Yeah, it's very inspiring. Well, thanks. You know? I, I think um, you know it's funny. Uh, I I live really close to downtown. I mean, I uh -huh. you know I I can hear. I can hear the flash bombs when they go off like yeah. from my house. Yeah. And, um, and I, you know, we, 
I talk with my 15-year-old son about it. We've, you know, we've been downtown. I've been to some of the daytime um, protests, but not gone down to the nightly protests. And I, I think you know, it's such a challenge to, for people to figure out how they can contribute because there is something, you know, when you think about somebody like John Lewis who, you know, yes, he was a young man, but repeatedly in his life he put his body on the line just right there. And there is this, you know, this feeling like we should, we should maybe do that as well, and I, I appreciate and applaud the people that are doing it, but I also feel like there's so many more needs that, you know, so many more things we need to sort of make this change happen. And, and so for me, I, I'm always trying to figure out how to use art to mm-hmm. motivate and inspire people to mm-hmm. sort of imagine a better world, imagine and be better people, <laughs> mm. you know, sort of mm-hmm. a dream bigger. That's what I yeah. think of it. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and yeah. hopefully that will, that is also, you know, useful and, and hopefully it doesn't come to a, a time when a 50 year old, 58 year old black man has to put his body on the line. Cause that's the only thing there is left to do. Right. Right. But, but <laughs> you gotta do it. You gotta do it. Yeah. You know, you know. the time comes. Yeah. Uh, I've been in that position many times, mm. you know. Yeah. I remember way back, they were when they were killing the when they were killing off the Black Panthers, especially right. in Chicago. That I, I'm from Baltimore, and you know, uh, it, white people ask, "What can I do?" Well, okay, there were the the Panthers were being killed off all over the country. Well, what 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 could we do? We went down to the Black Panther headquarters and sat on their front porch all night. All right. Because uh, right. we heard that the cops were going to raid them. So, right. Yeah, that's what you can do. So, yeah, this wall, you know? this wall idea is not new. No, <laughs> not, new. not at all. You know, uh, I mean, it, we're talking about 1970 here, mm-hmm. you know, which is a long time ago. Jeez. Yeah, seems like it, right? <laughs> 50 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it is 50 years ago. Yeah. 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 Um, so you wrote the song before all this stuff happened. Before all this happened. Even before, before the pandemic happened. Even before the pandemic happened. Okay. So how have all these subsequent events affected your music writing? Well, huh, it's funny. You know, I don't know how long it's going to take before we are sort of the world is inundated <laughs> in this, all the creativity that's been taking place yeah. over this, you know, the past six months. Yes. Um, but, you know, f- for me... Um, I mean, I was, you know, up until the pandemic started, I was working on my chamber opera. Like, literally, we were wow. like a, a week or two away from rehearsals um, wow. and, you know, a month and a half away from the performance. So um, so I had been sort of deep into that uh-huh. sort of work on, you know, gentrification and rate. I mean, I was the same stuff. Yeah. I was just, you know, yeah, I've been yeah, yeah. looking at it. And, and um, so I don't know that I've really written anything since the pandemic because it, and not because it's just um, it feels like a time for I mean, it has been a time for reflection. I've certainly been writing a lot of words, a uh-huh. lot of blog posts, a lot of, uh-huh. you know, Facebook, uh-huh. social media posts, a lot of, uh-huh. you know, teaching, <laughs> you know, lessons and ex- essays and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but I haven't I can't say that I've really been able to process this experience through music. Wow. Um, at this point. And I, I'm sure that will come. But, you know, it's it's funny because when you look back at history or what remains of history and when we read about the the Spanish influenza or Mm -hmm. the, the great depression or even, you know, the civil rights movement or the, the Vietnam war, Mm -hmm. um, we get this, um, 
this sort of condensed version of a historical narrative that seems like it's lost its mundanity. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. seems like yeah. it was all action all the time. Yeah. And what I'm realizing is that, you know, we are living through what will definitely be remembered as one of the formative, mem- I mean, I hope to God it's remembered as one of the, the formative moments of the 21st century. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in the future, they'll be like, oh, what was it like? It must have been exciting. And it's like, no, it was a lot of sitting in your apartment. It was right. a lot of not being able to go out. And so right. I guess for me that the creative, the, the processing of it, the creative processing of it, processing of it is going to come later. But to me, it's, it's about how do you sort of, how do you act in this moment to sort of guide, um, to guide a resolution that seems more, uh-huh. more just or more compassionate or, or whatever. And so I, for me, it's about a time of using and activating the arts um, and uh-huh. sort of thinking of how to how to sort of use those tools to mobilize people in a particular direction. Um, so that's kind of where it's where it sits for me. And so f- you know, for me, this you know, writing the song was one piece, and then sort of recording mm-hmm. it and realizing mm-hmm. it in this fashion. And then for me, the next thing is okay, how do how do I use it? How does it become a tool to sort of move people? So um, I'm donating half of the proceeds to this organization, Friends of the Children. Um, which does this mentoring for for I mean, at-risk youth? I guess that's uh-huh. a, f- a fair way, you know, yeah. sort of like looking at looking at communities where yeah. um, where the opportunity is not equal in finding a place where they can make a difference. And the thing I've actually known about this organization almost since I moved to Portland because mm-hmm. um, their founder, Duncan Campbell, was somebody that was honored by PSU back when I first got there. So I got to meet him and I heard about the organization and that was like 23 years ago. And they've since become nationwide, like 22 states. I mean, it's like crazy. They've grown. And the thing that struck me that was so profound is that that organization picks kids in kindergarten and stays with them through high school. Wow. And I was just like, it's just like the whole, it's like what you imagine, right? It's like somebody doesn't just need help for a year or a week. It's like the impact that you can make by getting to somebody early and then staying with them and saying, no, I'm here for the long haul. And, and the ripple effects that that has on community um, for me as a jazz musician, that's all about, you know, the, the spontaneous and the temporal and the uh-huh. momentary and that elusive thing. There's something so awe inspiring to me yeah. about somebody that just goes, Nope, start now. See you in 12 years. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be here. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, wow, how do you even do that? So I, I, I just love that that organization and models what I feel like is, is something that's, that's so profound. And, and uh-huh. I hope that, you know, by sort of, helping them. I mean to me it's gratifying to be able to assist them in what they do but but my hope is that it I can also encourage other people to think about steps because that's where I feel like the real change is going to come mm-hmm. not not looking at how do we I mean yes how do we get a new president <laughs> yes. know, absolutely but we got to be looking 15 20 25 years like how do we do that and and I, I want people to remember it. Like the, the way to me, the way to that message is just to look in the eyes of a young person because then it really, when you ask yourself, what am I doing for them? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I doing so that their adulthood is secured to me? That's, that's the pathway yeah. to that long-term yeah. sort of yeah. change that we want. You see that in your, in your own kids. I see that in my own son. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like, wow, what kind of a world am I making for him? And how can I do something now that will make his world better? You know, and, 15 years yeah yeah how did he react to the song 
<laughs> well, couldn't you get some? Couldn't you get some rhymes? Couldn't you get some hip hop in there? Dad. dad. Well, so no, he he uh, he likes it. He's, it's funny, man. I mean, I I love I love being a a, a parent, and I you know. I mean, having a teenager, it's it's like I always felt like when you you know, most of your young life, you're like you were the leading leading. I'm the leading man. Like I'm the primary role, right? right. I'm the protagonist of this whole thing. And then right. this other person comes along, and in the beginning, they're so needy. You're just like, I'm like totally out of my groove. I can't yeah. do anything. I can't finish a sentence. I can't write a paper. It's like, <laughs> what is this alien thing that has come over and taken over my life? And then you sort of adjust to those rhythms, but but you don't. But it's okay. I can still like I'm still yeah. I'm still yeah. in the main main role. Man, he hits teenagerhood and starts having his own thoughts and his own music <laughs> and his own you know tastes and his and I'm starting to see like he's taller than me. He's faster than me. He knows things that I I don't know. You know, he's like read books that I will never read, and he has ideas. And I'm like, okay, so I'm dad now, yeah. and and it's kind of fun. I say the corny dad things. I get the corny dad looks. I get the and it's like, okay, this is humbling and really useful. It's like sideman. I'm a sideman now, and I and I need to do my role. I need to sort of elevate. You know, elevate him, be uh -huh. the, the launching pad for him. So mm -hmm. he's got his own musical, like lexicon, and and yeah. he he plays and writes and produces and all this stuff. Even at fifteen, it's, it just blows me away. I'm like, I what, could, what I is his instrument? Well, he, <clears throat> I started him on drums when he was two. Because I never got to play the drums, and I was like, "You will, you will get your drums." You set. started your child on drums. I, I wanted to be a drummer, and my parents wouldn't let me. So there was one right I could rectify, one wrong I could rectify in my life. That's it was funny. that my child will play the drums. So he, yeah, it's pictures of him from his second birthday party, and back at LV's, you know, the the yeah. club I used to book down sure. by the university, sure. little drum set on stage playing with us i've got pictures of him playing with <laughs> me and like sam howard my on the territory band at six you know i mean and then he uh he did some piano and mm -hmm. then he moved on to cello so he did cello, cello. for five six years and then oh. sort of got to the double bass at the end of middle uh -huh. school uh -huh. and now he's just all over the computer i mean it's just he yeah. does whatever he wants he, he plays things he sings things he's really into musical theater now really? so he's singing he's dancing he's you know, making beats, he's writing songs. It's just, I mean, I'm like, dude, I got, I got a moment. I, I figure I got a couple of years <laughs> to be the grant that people know. And after that, it's like, Oh, Malcolm's dad. Oh, do, do you play music? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> but please. <laughs> anyway. So yeah. what was his reaction to the song? Um, well, he, he liked the, I think he liked the song. I mean, yeah. I think it was moving. He's, he's in it. I mean, he's, yeah. you know, he was yeah. involved in the, in the process of me sort of creating it and, mm -hmm. and, you know, this sort of conversation about what it means. And he was down there volunteering with us in the painting. So he's all, he's all up in it. So I, w I would say that I think he, he likes it, but it's, you know, it's his dad's music. It's not his. <laughs> he can appreciate it. <laughs> That's funny. That is, yeah. that is funny. <laughs> I, I know it must be. I feel like, you know, I have some friends who, you know, who have their young kids. Like I'm thinking about um, the guitarist, Mark Whitfield, uh -huh. and then his son, Mark Whitfield Jr., who's this amazing drummer, yeah. you know, thinking about what that must be like to, mm -hmm. you know, to have like you, I mean, you had a thing, you had some records, you had some <laughs> awards, you know, you're like pictures of you and George Benson. And now it's all about your kid. <laughs> He's like all over. And I mean, there's so, I mean, so much joy in that. It's just yeah. like, that's so yeah. lovely. And I, yeah. you know, I love getting to see it. <laughs>
Did you come from a musical family yourself? I did. Um, my mother was a singer, and uh-huh. she played piano, and she's uh-huh. the reason I started playing piano, because really? you know, they were buying a piano, yeah. and uh, she yeah. played growing up. And uh, and I used to play for her growing up. We used to do family, we had a family radio show. and Really? Yeah, you know, a little religious. What kind of music did they do? Well, my mom did a lot of um, sort of what you'd call, I mean, I guess we'd call it easy listening now, but uh-huh. she also did like gospel. I mean, I learned, you know, it's funny, when I moved to New York, um, and, you know, so we, I, I graduated school and I moved to New York and the first gigs that you get in New York are these, you know, what they call it here, casuals in New York, they call them club dates, yeah. weddings, bar mitzvahs, you know, events. And so I knew all these songs from the seventies <laughs> and eighties and sixties that from yeah. playing with my mom, it's like the shadow of your smile and, you know, all this, you know, love theme from the sandpiper and man of La Mancha. I mean, I could play girl from infinity. I knew all these songs cause I played this stuff for my mom and all the young, like a lot of my peers did not know these, even in college, <laughs> I would get these gigs because I had ears and I knew this stuff from playing for my mother. So I'm really, really grateful. But yeah, she, so she did a lot of, um, mostly sacred music, but, but uh-huh. a lot of sec- secular music when I was younger too, and yeah. we had family concerts and you know uh-huh. all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, and m- my dad was a great is a great appreciator of music, and yeah. so he uh, yeah. and we all played, but uh, I was kind of the one who stuck stuck with it. <laughs> Didn't give you drums, huh? I would not give Jeez. those drums. Bribe me, bribe me. I said if you practice piano, like for long <laughs> enough, we'll get you the drums. Then I start, started winning these piano competitions. They're like, well. I mean, you got you don't have time to play the drums, and it was clear to me. It's like, oh, what am I going to do now? Stop playing piano and play the drums. So I don't know. Does Malcolm still play drums at all? Uh, well, he makes beats. He's not. We don't uh-huh. have it. Well, we actually had a drum set in the house. We don't have it anymore. It's over at yeah. Eric Gruber's house. I, he uh, when he started playing the cello, I was like, okay, I'm moving these drums out to where I can rehearse. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, that's great. He probably still could. But, yeah. 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 Well, sure. Yeah. Sure. Did you ever get to play drums at all? I never studied. Not but even when they I, were in your house? Well, I so I bought them for him. I bought yeah. this sonar kit for him when yeah. he was playing. But, you know, as my PSU students will tell me, I would sit in the rehearsal room in the improv class when the drummer didn't show up and pretend to play drums. And my ride cymbal was all right. But hi-hat, no, never never had the discipline to actually learn how to, you know, coordinate, yeah. to do the hand-foot coordination. But but I could splang-a-lang, as my, uh, my teacher used to say. I could, I could splang-a-lang the ride cymbal to to uh, demonstrate what the feel was supposed to be like. So that, that was about all the drumming that I ever got to do. So what, how, how do you see the future of uh, jazz at PSU, given what we're going through? Well, I mean, there's a lot of different components to that. I think that, I think that this sort of totally remote education is, is temporary. It has yeah. to be temporary. But I do think that we are being forced to learn um, what can be done mm-hmm. and you know people are working like crazy to develop technologies um, all kinds of technologies from you know protective gear for you know, protective enclosures for singers to sing in to masks yeah. for singers to sing in to um, you know software that allows synchronous performance I mean all this stuff in the next however long it takes to get an effective vaccine um, all those things will sort of move forward. And I think that we will incorporate them because I'm pretty sure that people are not going to keep paying for all this empty real estate once they see that it's not necessary. I can't, yeah. I, I just think. And the yeah. other thing that's been really interesting um, is that because the walls have come down of institutions and people aren't traveling, 
there's more access. You know, I can call my clinician friends in New York or Chicago or Rome or uh -huh. India, uh -huh. and I can say, hey, do you want to do this online masterclass? Like, I mean, so my student, yeah, our students yeah. get the benefit of a whole world. Um, and so I think that, I, I hope that that will continue. I know that the tools will be greater. Mm -hmm. um, the incentive, <clears throat> given capitalism, will be to try and minimize the cost, exploit where possible, and, you know, put more profits in the hands of a few. Yeah. But the tools the tools to democratize it, just like the internet when it started, will be there. And so the question is, uh, how much incentive do we have to reorganize our structures mm -hmm. um, such that this openness that we've discovered and this possibility that we've discovered is used to the benefit of students as opposed to the profitability of the people who have the who are in a position to exploit it? And I, I don't know the answer to that. I yeah. really don't. Yeah, but but it's all it's all, it's it's wonderful to hear some some positivity. Well, I think you know, you know we I mean, we've learned. So, for instance, you know, people were really apprehensive about doing Zoom lessons, yeah, yeah. or Skype lessons. But I think almost to a person, private instruction over Zoom has proved to be for college age students, not, yeah. not for like seven or eight year olds, but right. for college age students yeah. has proved to be. Um, useful i mean there's a way mm -hmm. in which that there's some focus there on the learning because i think there's less distraction um that is kind of gratifying um now i'm not saying that there's nothing lost in it but i'm saying that people have generally discovered that they can do it effectively mm -hmm. if the teacher's motivated and the student is motivated like learning can take place um but you know ensemble playing you know i mean what's interesting to me is if we can safely play outdoors why wouldn't we play outdoors yeah, I mean, yeah. it's kind of cool, and right. so the idea that, that that we can develop that capacity more is really interesting, and then this ability to um, to work remotely for mm -hmm. everybody to have to master the technological tools, mm -hmm. like it or not, affinity or not. I mean, those that have the that that are capable. I mean, recognize that mm -hmm. you know people are differently um, differently able, mm -hmm. and there's lots of you know. So I mean, we have to find accommodations for those people that can't. But I think that, that the technical tools, the knowledge is certainly useful and can enhance what we're doing. So. Well, listen, uh, congratulations on this, on this music video. Thanks. Uh, please, uh, listeners, please click on it and take a look. Yeah. I hope you like it, and because um, it'll it'll be here, it'll, you know. Yeah, it may not it'll, be, it'll be out there. It won't be there the minute this goes up, but yeah. it'll be there Ten minutes after this goes it's, up, it's true, and and yeah. I'm hoping that people yeah. will be inspired and yeah. will be encouraged to donate, um, you know, to the, to the cause, to uh, the Take Flight song, and and uh, and then we can raise some money for this, these uh, socially good efforts. Yes, great to see you again, Daryl. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for coming over. My pleasure. <laughs>